I'm Leslie Torres. And I'm Bronna Marks. And together we co-host West Coast Mix and Bounce. For all things West Coast NBA. That's right. We cover the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and yes, the Kings and the Suns. When there's something good to talk about. We have a new and fun episode every two weeks where we break down the craziest headlines in the NBA that pertain to the West Coast teams. We are such a niche podcast that you won't find anywhere else. I mean, two girls with experience in the field talking West Coast basketball. Um, yeah, you want to listen. This is West Coast Mix and Bounce brought to you by LAFB Network. All right, guys, welcome back. We know it's been a really, really long time. Um, we've been missing this as much as you've been missing it, as much of you, as much as you guys have been missing sports. Um, I know I've had my TV on every day on basketball all day. I don't care what I'm doing. Basketball's on in the background because now I don't want to take it for granted. <laughs> Same. Um, but yeah, so we're glad to be back. So we're going to cover, you know, basically the restart of the season, obviously LA centric Lakers Clippers. Uh, we're going to chat about the Kings a little bit and Mm -hmm. what we think the end of this second half of the season is going to look like. So just jump right in. Um, the Lakers, they played the Clippers, uh, in their first game back, ironically, (laughs) I wonder who set that up. Um, but Leslie, how, how do you feel about the game? What did you see? Um, well, it was really positive. The Clippers lost. So the Lakers won 103-101. to And I know we're going to be talking about both LA teams. So if we let's stick with the Lakers right now. Um, the Clippers sure. were, with, were without Montrezl Harold and Lou Williams. So we were kind of already expecting it to be a little bit um, maybe not as competitive just because they weren't there but I honestly I thought it was a very good game for it being the first official game back for both teams um at the end it was really close and it was for the Lakers I seen it was a little bit tough but of course they have LeBron James who finished out on both sides of the court he was able to do like a clutch layup and then get on the other side and um not only defend Paul George but also Kawhi and just seal the victory for the Lakers. So um, I think they played well. I mean, to me, it's always surprising to see LeBron James continue to play so aggressively given his age and the number of seasons he's had under his belt now. 17, 17 seasons. And like, he's still clearly the leader of the Lakers. So they look up to him and and it's basically all around him. But I was... I was su- not surprised. I was pleased, but also have to remember the Clippers were without some of their bench players who usually make a huge difference. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Um, you know, with this whole restart, every team looks different. No team yes. is the same right now. I feel like everybody's missing at least one to two people, whether it's injury, whether it's they're out of the bubble, whether they're in quarantine, you know. Yes. So it's 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 a little bit of a bumpy start, but I totally yeah. agree. LeBron is still playing like he's 18, and it's really amazing to watch how strong he is, you know, going across the – court dunking um you know still with the assist behind the back over the head i mean he's getting better with age so it's it's definitely crazy to watch and it's super exciting yeah i mean 
he had 16 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. And like you said, the things he was doing on the floor, you wouldn't think that at his age he'd be doing that, at how many seasons he has during a pandemic, you know? It was it felt like a good, positive vibe for the Lakers. Um, and in the end, it was a good combination of good offense and great defense because – LeBron was kind of pushing the defense as well. He's the leader of the team. So if LeBron is playing defense, you better believe everybody else got to be playing defense. So I kind of saw that, and um, it came when it mattered. So I guess not the entire game. They were truly a defensive team. But when it mattered in the last couple of minutes, um, LeBron James was on it. Kuzma was on it. Then you also had Alex Caruso, who contributes so much on defense. Although it doesn't really show on the scoreboard, you can see that, you know, he affects the game. And so I think that altogether was the reason why the Lakers won. Uh, maybe like a totally different story <laughs> in last night's game against the Raptors. Yes, definitely a completely different story. <laughs> um like you were saying, I was actually going to say Kuzma, he's Kuzma and Caruso. Caruso is like a kind of player. He just provides momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have, he doesn't score a lot of points, but when he does score, it's like, Ooh, you know? And I feel like I saw that even more now that they're playing in this bubble style arena. And it showed also in the Raptors game and Kuzma, uh, Try to really step up and fill that hole of like Avery Bradley, and I uh, you know some guys who are who mm-hmm. are out right now. They need that that smaller position to put a floor, and I think he was really trying to do that. Now, unfortunately, what happened was what I believe happened was that AD and LeBron waited too late in the game to score some points. <laughs> I agree. Period. Yeah. And we talked about this before in previous episodes that when they don't come out hot in that first quarter, even second quarter, as long as it's before the half, if they don't come out hot, then that momentum is lost and they often fall behind and they just can't catch up. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the case with when they played the Raptors because AD was not at his aggressive leadership potential. And so the Lakers lost Mm -hmm. against the Raptors. But I also want to give very much credit to the Raptors because they played really, really, really well. Um, A lot went wrong for the Lakers, I think, during the Raptors game. They were – they're – offensive rhythm was inexistent (laughs) they shot 35 (laughs) percent from field goal range and so it kind of like they just didn't make any baskets and if the field goal range was bad the three-point percentage was even worse they only made 25 percent of the shots so I think that the Raptors played really well defense but the Lakers played horrible (laughs) yeah yeah, no, it, it was really bad. I mean, percentage was the opportunity was. It just looked bad. But the thing is, they look so bad. It's rather really. And I don't think anybody can doubt them now in that game against the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers are still a top-tier team, you know, and they mm-hmm. were playing them like they were children. So if the Lakers have to face the Raptors at the end of all this, 
oh, it's going to get ugly. <laughs> um, because I I just, and even LeBron admitted it in, in the post-game interview. He said that, you know, the Raptors didn't just win because they had Kawhi. They, mm-hmm. they went because they earned it. And they really have some gritty players on that team. I mean, all over the floor. I mean, you have Kyle Lowry, who's basically like the team leader. And yeah. you see how he plays. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it was. It's definitely a combination of the Lakers doing really bad and the Raptors just being that good. What the Lakers did with the Clippers, they should have done against the Raptors. But the Raptors were able to play defensively on LeBron and on AD and in a sense kind of locking them down. That's what the Clippers couldn't do. So now um, it's up to other players to step up and they didn't. The bench kind of the Lakers bench gave um, them some energy and some positive, you know, runs. But in the end, when it truly mattered, no one stepped up. Because if LeBron James and Anthony Davis couldn't do it, who is that third person up? And that's kind of what the Lakers' problem has mm-hmm. been. They don't have anybody consistent enough to see, okay, they, they're doubling AD, and now they have LeBron James locked down. Who's going to step up? And that's where I think the Lakers kind of failed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They, they're definitely going to have to figure out who is that kind of second line of defense. You know, when your yeah. stars are already locked up, like you said, who's going to bring that extra, you know, effort to open the floor up to give more people opportunities? So, and I, like I said, I, I still praise Kuzma because I feel like out of everybody who was playing that night, he really stood out in his effort. You know, mm-hmm. every time I, like, was listening to the TV, they were like, Kuzma this, Kuzma that. So he definitely was trying his best, but he needs somebody else, too. It can't just be him. Yeah. I mean, towards the end, everybody, I feel like, on Twitter was like, what, Kuz can't defend Kyle Lowry? But it's, it gives more credit to Lowry how good of a player he is, like you mentioned. Kuz is still trying. He's not giving up, so we commend that. But, um, of course, some tweaks need to be made. Now, I think that since they've been exposed to the Raptors and haven't won since 2014, Mm -hmm. tweaks need to be made to um, get to the finals. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely a team that the Lakers are going to have to worry about if if they're not already worrying about them right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for the Western Conference Finals, a team they have to be worrying about is the Clippers. So we mentioned that they played against the Lakers. They lost. Um, But their star players did very well. Kawhi had 28 points, 3 rebounds, and 4 assists. Paul George had 30 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. And it was a close game, like we said. What did you think was missing for the Clippers to win at the end versus the Lakers? I mean, honestly, I really think it was the luck of the draw. I feel like that game, they were so close the entire time. You know, I don't I don't think anybody got uh, above like a 10-point deficit. So I, I feel like for them, it was just a matter of maybe consistency um, throughout the game. You know, they, they lose that, that bird, the Kawhi sits out, then... Other guys have to step up or uh, Paul George sits out and they have to 
get used to that rotation because these guys are not going to be playing like full minutes. Like LeBron will play 36 minutes, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the game. And Kawhi's going to sit out probably more than that. So I feel like that gives them more of a challenge to balance within themselves just overall because we've seen it. The Clippers have beat the Lakers when the, in the regular, regular season yeah. um, twice, I think, three times. So, and pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is early, uh, and we're lucky that they're basically even because now as they split off and start to play these other teams, I I really think that actually that first game was uh, strategically good for them. It's like, okay, this is my even competitor. Okay, where do we go from here type thing? Yeah. I think um, even Doc Rivers mentioned after the game that he's been wanting to try out like new things or new styles or some tweaks here and there, but he really couldn't do it because he didn't have a complete roster to be able to do that. So it, le- it leaves me wondering were those tweaks meant you know, for the Lakers game or to kind of test out the barometer and see how far they have to go or, or who they have to defend more. Because in my point of view, they were not defending Anthony Davis as strong enough as the Raptors did. So now, like, seeing it in hindsight, the Raptors were able to lock down AD. The Clippers weren't. And so I think that's where they failed. But also, they didn't have Lou Williams. They didn't have Harold. So maybe with their full team, with the tweaks done, maybe the Clippers are starting to take some notes from the Raptors and see what they can do to stop the Lakers. And, I mean, they're on a positive toll right now. They played um, yesterday against the Pelicans, which they beat 126 to 103. Did you watch that game? I did, actually. It was definitely a much better production from them. And, I mean, like I said, like we've all been saying, this is going to be on this whole bubble thing. Because you could tell guys are not fully... Uh, healthy or toned or conditioned, you could just tell they look tighter, more their muscle definition is different. Uh, so it's definitely going to take time. But even with a few days, you could tell that the Clippers were better than that, that opening game. Um, and it, it, granted, and it, what's also weird is that the Pelicans, the Pelicans are usually a really good competitor, even without Zion. Uh, and now that Zion was, I guess. He's on burst restrictions, mm-hmm. um, so he can only play so much consistently. And they looked, they looked sad. Like the Pelicans looked sad, but the Clippers did come out with a different kind of confidence. I guess you could say. Yeah, I from I watched it too. From what I think I saw, the Pelicans' defense was not on point. And like you said, Zion is on like little bursts, or. Or it could have been that the Clippers' defense was on point and they were able to, you know, slow down Zion. And usually Brandon Ingram does better in Lonzo Ball, so they kind of shut them down as well. But, um, yeah, they the, the Clippers had 25 three-pointers, so they broke a franchise record. And I thought oh, it was, yeah, I thought it was really a, whole, a team effort because I was looking at the stats Everybody got a shot in. Everybody scored points. And they were really looking to Mm -hmm. share the ball, which I think was a little bit different from their first game. So some tweaks have been made. But it's also they're playing against the Pelicans, a less defensive 
type of team. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with the... I mean, Clippers have always been known for their defense. Mm-hmm. But I suppose it was just easier for them to lock down the Pelicans. They're definitely a younger team. You know, not as much... Uh, experience in such heavy, heavy competition. But the Clippers definitely showed that, you know, even when they're up 50 or 30 or whatever, that they're going to continue to play they can possibly play, no matter what that deficit is. And I think that's an amount to have, and that's definitely going to take them really far. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, I don't see the Pelicans actually, well, they already lost two games, so I don't know if I see them going any further into the playoffs. But, I mean, the Clippers just had a really, really nice game. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. Yeah, but it was, I felt so bad for the Pelicans. I was like, why are y'all getting beat so bad right now? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, well, yeah, no, everybody definitely showed up. Well, yeah, you know that, you know, some ex-Lakers are there. So you have Ball, you have Ingram, you have Josh Hart. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel so bad for them. <laughs> yes, exactly. When we were just, you know, talking about, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram being in the the uh, most improved player, you know, roundabout. Yes. And I was just like, no, this looks so bad. <laughs> this does not look like a but most improved player. hopefully they can turn it around. They, yeah. They have some... They're going to have some growing pains like everybody else. Exactly. I feel like, like you mentioned, they're a young team. They have to just work at it, get better, be more comfortable. But um, the Clippers looked nice. So if I, if I thought they didn't have a chance to, on Thursday, now my mind has changed once again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll definitely be keeping a good eye, eye out. It, it, it's just so the 22-team, you know, thing – is it really promotes the best of the best teams. Mm -hmm. And it's just like when you see there's still a gap between some of the best of the best, it's just like, oof, ouch. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like now, because it is in a bubble, I don't know about you, but I feel like super like emerge into the NBA world. So the Pelicans, who I probably would have yes. not talked about, I'm talking about now the Raptors, like more of the Eastern Conference, less lower 9, 10, 11 seed teams that I would have not regularly watched. I'm watching now, probably because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> and because um, exactly. the games are starting earlier, I'm just, I feel like I'm just more, more immersed into it. And so I see when the Clippers beat the Pelicans by that many and then break a franchise record, it kind of, like you said, it hurts. It's, it's shocking. It's, it's just heavily concentrated. Like, you, you feel mm -hmm. like you took it for granted, and now you're like, you have the opportunity to watch it all day long, so why not? <laughs> I'm busy all day uh, watching NBA. Quarantine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But talking about that 22-team um, group that's there in Orlando, one of the teams that somehow made it into the bubble <laughs> is the, uh, the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Yes. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be there because I do believe, you know, those bottom four or five teams that were outside of number one through eight, they were so close in in competition as far as percentage of game winning mm -hmm. that they, they did deserve that chance uh, to see if they can, I don't know, scrabble something together to push themselves up. Now, do I think it's going to be the Kings? <laughs> But, you know, good for them. <laughs> uh, they did 
lose against the Spurs. Now, do I think the Spurs should be there? I'm like, oh, but they deserve a chance. So, <laughs> yeah, I agree. At first, I was a little bit confused by the rules and how the Kings made it into the bubble and, or why there were more on the West than on the East. But um, I don't know if you understand it, but this is how I understood it. Like you mentioned, the teams that were six games behind or fewer were allowed the chance to compete for the seventh, eighth, whatever seat, right? So the teams on the West had more. And you have, like you said, the Kings. You have the Suns. You have Blazers, Pelicans, Spurs. And so once you go through those teams, you're just like, how did the Kings get there? How did the Suns get there if they weren't really kind of in the championship hunt? But I guess, like you said, to give them an opportunity. And you never know, things might happen. But um, in the first game in the bubble, the the Kings lost to the Spurs 129-120. to So it's not looking super positive for them right now. Today they have a game against the Magic as well. Do you see them getting a 7th or 8th slot? Or not? <laughs> No. <laughs> but being completely Same. honest, no. They're just there to get some more experience for their for their very, very young team. And, you know, before I even started thinking about information to talk about for this podcast, I remember hearing about a player who got in trouble for going uh, across the quarantine line to pick up food, mm-hmm. but I did not know it was a Kings player, and that makes it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> they can't get nothing right at this point. <laughs> no, no. As uh, I mean, and and they're I'm I'm pretty sure they're missing a lot of their team for various reasons. So it, it makes it even harder for them to have some kind of, I guess unification mm-hmm. through this or or some kind of benefit i that's what i think i'm confused though what benefit they get from this because i don't even think they're gonna move up at all i'm not sure if they they can win um maybe one or two or three games i really need to look at their schedule oh. but yeah what, what do you think about them being there their purpose <laughs> i mean I they I watched the game against the Spurs. The only two real solid players that they have is De'Aaron Fox and Bogdanovich. Anybody else besides mm-hmm. that team has not been up to the championship run, finals, playoffs, potential. So I agree, what's the whole point? But if they want to try, we should let them try. <laughs> um, the ma- They play the Magic yeah. today. They play the Mavs on Tuesday, and then they have a back-to-back on Thursday and Friday against the Pelicans and the Nets. So when you tell me that you, <laughs> they need to step up their game and win, I do not see how they're going to win, especially with that kind of schedule. Unless they can just yeah. magically clean everything up and get it together, I don't see it happening. Just because, like I said, they only have Bogdanovich and Fox being the clear team leaders. I think Fox had a career high, 39 points, three rebounds, and six assists. So he's he still on his game. It's just two people, two players oh, yeah. cannot be the only ones, especially for a run this late in the season. Exactly, exactly. And like you said, they're, you know, they're, their next few games, I mean, Orlando, 
maybe they can get a win. Uh, maybe that's it, though. <laughs> now that yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, they played Zion and Brandon Ingram and um, all those guys, and then they played Nets, and then they play. I, I don't know about the Nets because they're also without their their star, star players. players. Mm-hmm. No, but like um, Mavs, they have Luca to go against. I'm not sure how that's gonna match yeah. out. I don't exactly. Know. <laughs> Luca I and know. that whole like transplant European team of the Mavs. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, who knows? I think we definitely agree that at least they're getting a chance to <laughs> I don't know get some exercise or something. <laughs> <laughs> I had to catch my breath. That was funny. <laughs> oh, man. I told a joke. Knee slap. <laughs> Has anybody told you you're, like, super but... funny? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. I could be good sometimes. Mostly I'm just corny, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, let's move on. Let's try to do playoff predictions. I know we were on um, our friend Chauncey's podcast, and we kind of talked about who we think is going to be um, – playoff predictions and Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals. So I know you've heard mine. I know I've heard yours, but let's refresh. Who do you think is going to be Western Conference Final competitors? Yeah, just for, you know, the people, the listeners of uh, West Coast Mixing Belts will refresh their memories um, that – Definitely Lakers Clippers <laughs> for Western Conference. I just don't I, I just don't see anybody else catapulting that far up past these two dominant teams. And like I said, they're still dominant on the same level. Uh, that game against I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers lost against the Raptors when they compete too. So the Raptors is kind of that subjected power over the east Mm kind of looming like how lebron did when he was in cleveland (laughs) uh the irony but yeah so you know you have the nuggets following them uh third in the western conference and below that it's just kind of like gets all mushy (laughs) (laughs) jinx yes um i'm with you um i'm thinking it's gonna be a lakers clippers western conference final just because if you go down the list, there's not really enough teams that I see or a team specifically that can compete against them. Like you said, we have the Nuggets, you have the Jazz. The, no- the Nuggets have lost their first two games. The Jazz lost um, a game recently. Mavs are losing. Grizzlies have also lost their first two games. So it's not looking so positive for them. And then you have yeah. teams like the Thunder and the Rockets who kind of might make a move. The Rockets have won their last two games and also the Thunder. So they're kind of looking like a different squad, like post-pandemic um, quarantine. So, and mm-hmm. I don't know. it. I wouldn't think like the Jazz or the Nuggets are going to make a move for the Western Conference Finals. But I can definitely see maybe the Thunder and the Rocket just because they have a little bit more of a veteran vibe and they've been there before and they have the players that are ready to do it. But to take... That's also very true. But, yeah, but to take, like, you know, I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't know. I just feel like it's Lakers Clippers until I can see something 
from the Thunder or the Rockets that prove otherwise. Because I'm not going to take the Grizzlies. I'm not going to take the Jazz. Not the Mavs. They have potential. They have stars. I don't think they're just at that level yet. Yeah, definitely. I definitely wholeheartedly agree with the the Thunder and the Rockets uh, situation. They definitely have way more experience of kind of climbing the rugged mountain to the top. (laughs) Uh, so I would not be surprised if, you know, we see those teams between three and six switch around before this is all said and done. But the Lakers and the Clippers have been one and two this whole time. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that that's going to change. And if that's how it is, then they're going to end up, you know, right where we expect them to be. And the first game that they played um, post all this was so entertaining it was so close so even if it's not meant to be that way the nba better do something to make sure we get a lakers clippers western conference final because <laughs> i want to see Seriously. more of that uh-uh we deserve it yeah we deserve it at this point <laughs> watch 2020 we come around and be so like man <laughs> right 2020 oh this this year <sighs> of the the chaos <laughs> And then um, for the East, I think it's going to be Raptors or Bucks. Just basically for the same reasons in the West, I don't see another team coming against Giannis or coming against the defending champs. Maybe the Celtics? Just maybe. And that's all I have for the East. <laughs> yeah, like maybe, maybe. Uh, I think definitely the East is pretty much solidified Mm -hmm. uh one and two spots i I believe the celtics have dropped the raptors a few times for that spot uh they kind of been you know head to head as far as who's going to be playing the bucks in the easter conference finals because the bucks have really not shifted uh they still look healthy they still look good Giannis looks monstrous i mean it's all great and like i was saying before you can really tell what teams and what players really kept up their workouts and their conditionings during this off time mm-hmm. it shows it really really shows and i mean it's also about the mentality as well you know if you're yep. the lakers or the clippers you have a lot to prove you have huge stars on your team you don't want to be that one player that lost you know 15 pounds during quarantine and now y'all gotta play <laughs> you know exactly. with lebron and ad like you're going to be held accountable for that stuff it's also accountability so it's, it's a lot of different aspects that go into that mindset of we're going to be ready at all times no matter what and I think that's what really sets up these one and two spots now yeah that definitely differentiates uh finals contender type of team and the rest of the league and that's that's just where we're at I mean you can't ask for much more during a pandemic and uh, a fight against social injustice you know there's a lot going on yes (laughs) I mean, we're blessed to just even have this NBA bubble right now. So we'll take it as it is. (laughs) I will. I will. Exactly. Exactly. No, seriously, no complaints over here. Mm -hmm. Have you have you been able to watch any of the WNBA games? I have. I watched a couple of the Sparks games just because that's the that's what I get on this side. But I've been Mm. it's, it's been I like it. It's been pleasing me all this sports all of a sudden. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's like a nice little swaddle <laughs> after like you know, 
a chaotic like airplane ride or something. Yeah, when I'm uh, telling yeah, you, I've definitely been watching. Yeah. It, just because they've been giving them an actual chance to be on, you know, national television, and you don't have to like buy a subscription or look for it on this channel that only like 50 people have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I definitely have been catching up on my WNBA. Uh, and I'm so sad because the Sparks, I believe, are two and two now, so they're kind of struggling. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix is struggling. You know, our West Coast WNBA teams is a little bit of a like a oof. And then Sabrina UNESCO went down, so that was like heartbreaking. She's not going to be able to play for a month, which is like I, I believe it's going to be like seventy percent of the season. Um, but who knows? Maybe she'll get some some. Muju from Kobe, you know, her little <laughs> angel, and she'll come back sooner than later. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the rest of her squad can, like, get get it further enough where she can come back and play and just, like, continue where she ended off, because that was really tough. Yeah, they, they were able to come back from, like, a 20-ish point deficit when they were playing Phoenix today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... They and they had an all-looking lineup in New York, but, I mean, they're playing with some heart. I I can't imagine, like, I cannot imagine. They were showing a, a feature uh, about them doing treatment, you know, after the games, and they're in some kind of, I don't know, it's probably an Airbnb, like, getting their treatment done. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I can't oh, even. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're, like, soaking in these big, uh, like, plastic tubs, like, ice baths, like, in the driveway. I'm wow. like, I know NBA players are not getting this kind of treatment. <laughs> yeah, no. They got they a throne over arms. there. <laughs> yeah, they got a throne over there. Just ask LeBron. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, exactly, they do. <laughs> I mean, I, hopefully this yeah. is a... Hopefully, like you said, they're on national TV, so it kind of brings a more national spotlight of how well they play and how disadvantaged they are still. And but how they exactly. continue to like, like, you know, NBA players are playing so well, but just look at the conditions that they're in. And then you have WNBA players playing at the same level and look at what they're living or how they're going through uh, behind the scenes. And so it just it doesn't exactly. compare. And I feel like people are, should start to notice and they will I'm gonna speak it into existence. They will notice and hopefully things yes, change yes. given like two or three years because it's not acceptable. I don't think it's acceptable at all. Yeah, no. I mean, they're just getting to that perp, that right of, you know, equal pay. Like yeah. players in the WNBA don't get played diddly. Like most of them have like another job or have to go live in a whole other country for the for, for 40% of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and then it's it sucks yeah. because like if they do have to go outside of the country and then they get hurt or something happens, then that messes up when they come back and they can't play in the league over here. So it would just be exactly. better for everybody to get paid equally and give the same advantages to all of the players. Exactly. We can only wish <laughs> and mm-hmm. try to and try to invoke change. And I think um. The NBA players have been very vocal, at least at the start of the season, of showing their support and letting people know that they stand with the WNBA and their social movements. Because I also thought that the WNBA is way more advanced and truly don't care and don't give a fuck 
about who <laughs> they are pissing off. They're going to do what they want yes. in the name of social justice. And so I feel like the WNBA is going to get their time and as they should. Exactly. And I mean, if we're being honest, they led the way for the NBA's ideas, you know, yes. painting the court. The, the WNBA thought of that before about putting names on jerseys. They actually put Rihanna Taylor's name on their jerseys. Um, and, you know, the NBA is allowing players the option of changing the, the backs uh, to whatever they wanted to say. And I think that's cool, too. And the coaches are doing things. Um they're trying to promote local organizations that are fighting for social justice. So at the end of all of it, I think they're both doing an amazing, amazing job and being very forward. But the WNBA overall is definitely the leader for as far as speaking out for what's right, period. Whether it's, you know, equal rights for LGBTQ Americans um, or LGBTQ, sorry, worldwide, you know, the WNBA goes past the borders of the u.s just like the nba does mm -hmm. uh because they are so, they're a powerful female force and they give girls um and young women something else to look up to besides you know the these the sterile plain whatever woman that people that um that the economy thinks women should be <laughs> exactly well said Bronzo. well yeah. said well said too Leslie, because we're two <laughs> amazing women trying to be out here and change the world too okay <laughs> yeah i feel you i feel you it's so tough but we got this girl we got this it is we are strong and we will we will get to exactly where we need to be <laughs> yeah so i think that's it thank you so much brana for doing this with me again because i definitely missed it and um if you're listening thank you so much for listening and continuing to listen to west coast mix and bounce um, stay tuned for more as the NBA bubble continues, so will our podcast. And hopefully there's no coronavirus within sight, so nothing has to be postponed. And uh, mm -hmm. just thank you for listening and for supporting. I'm Leslie Torres with Bruno Marks. And we'll catch you on the next podcast. Thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs>